Now, for some people, reframing the cost of food in the way we just have is enough to stave off the urge to finish up leftovers or what's in the fridge that's coming up to its best before date. But for others, it's not quite so easy. When I was binging, that intense moment of temptation and desire and the millisecond it took to shove something into my mouth, even if it was just a cold fish finger, well, it felt irresistible and full on. And I didn't even think at the time of what it might mean for me or where it might take me later in the day. And it usually took me to a lot more food. So in the moment, what can be helpful? Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom Podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. Hello and welcome. It's wonderful to have you here. Today I'm going to start with a question and that question is, has finishing up food so that you don't waste it ever led to an afternoon of grazing and overeating or to a nighttime binge? This is an especially relevant question at the moment as prices are going up and times feel financially tighter. So of course it makes sense not to want to waste money and to try to make the best use of anything we already have. So in this episode, we're going to talk about how to deal with food that will potentially be wasted without feeling that the only way to make use of it is to eat it ourselves. Let's start with some examples of when food might be wasted. What comes to mind straight away is a child or a member of your immediate family not finishing what's on their plate. Like, I'm not very likely to finish the food on a work colleague or a friend's plate, but if it's on my kid or my husband's plate, well, that's fair game, right? Other examples might be when you're gifted food or food that's coming up to its best before date leftovers from a big holiday gathering or a celebration like a birthday or something or half-eaten lunchbox snacks or picnic food or maybe being out to dinner at someone's house and the host is pushing you to have an extra piece of pie or dessert or to take something home with you so that it all gets eaten up. All of those situations can be really challenging for someone who's struggling with overeating or binge eating. I know they were for me And it was a mixture of the food being in very close proximity combined with the fact that it would be wasted or not made use of if it was thrown away. But those moments of eating just a bit here to finish it off can be incredibly likely to lead to continued eating later or onto a binge, which is why it's an issue I wanted to talk about here. The bare fact is... If food doesn't get eaten, it might be thrown out, and that could be considered wasteful. But I also think it's worth mulling over that assumption and being open to some possible reframes. The one that's often repeated is, 
it goes in the bin or you're treating your body like a bin. As in, you don't want your body to be a waste disposal unit for unwanted food. That can be helpful, but to be honest, it can also sound a bit judgy. So use it if you like it, but if not, here are a few more ideas. The first is that if finishing up leftovers doesn't stop there, in other words, if it leads to more grazing or overeating or a binge, it's interesting to notice that'll actually end up costing more. Again, there's zero judgment here. I have done it more times than I can count, but it is something worth noticing if you fall into that thought pattern of not wanting to waste food because of the money it will cost to buy it. Another cost of eating so as not to be wasteful, especially if starting on the leftovers is likely to lead to more eating, is the cost to you in time and energy. Almost always, overeating and binging cause energy to dip and it's really common to feel completely wiped out, especially after a binge. So however you'd otherwise spend your time, whether it's being focused at work, chilling with friends, having fun with your family, or taking time out for yourself, doing something enjoyable or restorative, or even going to bed earlier, that time is lost. For some people, a food hangover can last for days. That's how long it can take to recover. So that cost of time and energy are just another area worth noticing. Then there's the cost to your self-esteem. If you binge eat or overeat, my guess is you're already pretty hard on yourself. I know I was. I was embarrassed that I had no self-control over one of the most basic human functions of eating. I felt so ashamed by my fluctuating weight and also by my pretty unpleasant guts, if you know what I mean. I was self-conscious about my puffy face, swollen belly and squinting eyes after a binge. It felt as if I had a sign on my forehead telling everyone what I'd done. And I knew I was zero fun to be around because after a binge, I was just in survival mode. I had no real energy for conversation or for work or for doing anything much. I just wanted to curl up under the duvet and hide away from the world. And if you have kids, they watch you, right? Certainly more than they listen, at least mine do. It's as if no misstep goes unnoticed from my not particularly brilliant parking manoeuvres to my inability to surf to my desire to be in bed at 9pm. And goodness me, do I hear about it. But one thing I would love my kids to learn, probably because it's something I wish so much that I'd had when I was younger, and that's always the way, isn't it? We don't want them to fall down where we fell down. But The one thing that I'd love them to be able to do is to turn inward and listen to themselves, to their hearts, their inner desires, to who they are, and to be guided by what's true for them rather than what's top of the list for other people. And so I guess it helps me to think that one of those ways is to listen to their bodies and whether they're hungry before they eat rather than being worried about wasting food and I figure I can show them that in the way that I treat leftover food. Now just because that's what I wish for doesn't mean it works out like that. My 14 year old boy in particular is mad for sugar. He knows all the bargain places to buy cakes and chocolate and fizzy drinks and he'll always choose those things over his pack lunch. And he says to me regularly, and excuse the voice here, 
just because you were a binge eater, mum, doesn't mean it's got anything to do with me. <laughs> Kids, eh? They know exactly how to get to that sensitive spot every time. But still, all we can ever do is try our best. And I'm just sharing that because when I think of how much I'd love my children to tune into their bodies and to be true to themselves and their inner natures, it kind of helps me with that not eating the leftovers thing too. So I guess the point I want to make is that hoovering up those leftovers because you don't want to waste them can have different types of costs other than simply the money that was spent on the original food. Now, for some people, reframing the cost of food in the way we just have is enough to stave off the urge to finish up leftovers or what's in the fridge that's coming up to its best before date. But for others, it's not quite so easy. When I was binging, that intense moment of temptation and desire and the millisecond it took to shove something into my mouth, even if it was just a cold fish finger, well, it felt irresistible and full on. And I didn't even think at the time of what it might mean for me or where it might take me later in the day. And it usually took me to a lot more food. So in the moment, what can be helpful? Here are some tricks and hacks that I found useful myself or that clients I've worked with have told me about. The first is the 54321 rule that I learned from Mel Robbins. The idea is that just like a rocket taking off, you count backwards five, four, three, two, one, and then do something different. It's a pattern interrupter and it creates that extra bit of energy needed to do something different. So when I spot that I'm hovering in that place of temptation before scooping up the rejected quiche or lunchbox crisps or leftover slice of pizza, and there's really only a second to spare there, right? It really helps to take a breath, to count down the 54321, and then straight away put the food in the food recycling or the bin or wherever. If you've got kids or grandchildren, another trick is to get them to clear their plates away, including to get rid of any food they haven't eaten. Uh, Not vegetables, right? Because they have to eat those. And I feel a bit naughty even saying that. But the rest, it's kind of a double whammy of getting them to clear up and removing the temptation at the same time. Packaging up leftover food and putting it in the fridge or the freezer works really well for some people especially the freezer, because once it's frozen, you can't eat it straight away, so it's much less tempting. And even if you end up throwing it away later on, what you're throwing away is much less appealing once it's frozen. The old classic squirt with washing up liquid trick can also be super helpful, because sometimes throwing something in the bin just isn't enough to stop you eating it. I know that sounds totally gross to people who don't struggle with overeating or binge eating, but if you've ever picked food out of the bin and eaten it, well, I have done that too. And I'm getting a little cringy admitting it, but I've heard from enough people to know that it's a really common thing. And I want you to know that I've done it so many times and that it's okay to show up here and talk about exactly what you're struggling with, with with zero shame or embarrassment. 
So yes, I did used to take food out of the bin, scrape off coffee grinds from a half-eaten piece of cake, stick my hands right down to the bottom of a slimy bin bag just to hook out that half-eaten chocolate bar. And even if I had squirted something with washing up liquid, I sometimes tried to cut those bits off or rinse them off, uh, which was not usually very successful at all. So if you feel that urgency and compulsion too, I really get it, which is exactly why this podcast and Yo-Yo Freedom itself are here. And lastly, I wonder if you've ever been gifted anything that you know is a trigger food for you. A box of chocolates at Christmas, a homemade fruitcake from an elderly neighbour, truffles with flowers from visitors, I mean, birthdays and holidays can be a minefield of gifts of food, can't they? In that case, it can be super helpful to re-gift. It can be to anyone, a friend, a neighbour, or a drop-in centre or a food bank. My mum's actually part of a sea swimming group, and I'm always passing her cakes and chocolates to share around, and I think the swimming group love it and feel like it's a treat, so it makes me happy too. So to wrap up, yes, there can be a cost to throwing away food, but it's also worth considering the cost of putting that food into your own body. My parents were post-war babies and my dad especially can't waste a tiny bit of food, which makes total sense given the scarcity of food when he was a boy. In fact, my brothers and I laugh because (laughs) we can always say, It needs eating up, and it's a surefire way to get him to eat something. But anyway, all I'm saying is, these habits of not wanting to waste food, even if it's food you don't want to eat, they can take a bit of focus to reframe and to move away from. But I hope you've gleaned a few new takes on that in this episode. And you've also heard five different ways to deal with the dreaded leftovers or unwanted food, even in the very moment you're about to put it in your mouth. And I really hope you found something useful to experiment with in there too. If you have any hacks that work for you that I haven't mentioned, I would really love to hear them. So please do just drop me an email at info at yoyofreedom.com or send me a private message on Instagram or Facebook. Whatever you've discovered is bound to help other people too. So it really is worth sharing. And just so you know, I will never ever mention your name. So anything you message me with will remain completely anonymous. And finally, if you're struggling with binge eating or overeating and you feel like you've tried everything you can think of to stop, I have a free guide for you. It contains strategies that I gathered over the decades I struggled with binging that aren't the typical fixes that you tend to come across. But these eight strategies are actually what can put an end to overeating and binge eating, even if it's something that's been going on for years or decades. The guide is called Eight Unexpected Strategies to Change Your Eating and you can download it if you click the link in the show notes or go to yoyofreedom.com forward slash 15. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast for more insight, tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic, vibrant life. 
If you found this episode helpful, it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on. Thank you so much. Bye-bye for now.